Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. I am Tell Me in a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. As always, make sure that you're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash broadwayradio. And I wanted to start today's show by offering our deepest sympathy for the family of the legendary Alvin Ng. He was the star of Pacific Overtures, its revival, Flower Drum Song revival. His legacy remains, and we honor him today. Now, Matt, this is kind of our first show to start the week, like, for us. Mm-hmm. What was your weekend like? How was the show with Ashley? I know you've got some humble pie to eat in a second. Well, uh, so do show. you. So yeah. do you. But you didn't <laughs> say it on air. But no, no, my weekend. Actually, I went and saw a show this weekend. Um, my, only my second indoor show since being back. I was a little nervous mm. about about it, um, but it was physically distanced. Like they took out like. Uh, you know, half the seats in the theater. So it was a little bit better. But a friend of mine, um, music directed a production, a uh, professional production down here of The Bodyguard. So I went and oh, saw wow. that. Yeah. And um, I expected this show, not like the production, but the show mm-hmm. itself to be horrible. And it wasn't horrible. It wasn't good. The book is not good, but it was far mm. less bad than I anticipated it being. And, um, You know, it's interesting because this is a a professional theater here in Orlando that usually has like one or two um, equity contracts for performers Mm -hmm. in its musicals um, and in its straight shows. But obviously, with all of the different um, COVID protocols in place, they couldn't do that. So I think the show probably was hampered a little bit by the fact that they couldn't get any equity contracts for the show. Interesting. Especially for... Um, the Whitney Houston, Heather Headley, Deborah Cox part. Yeah. yeah, like those three women who have played this role either in the original film or in the musical versions are like star, star quality charisma. And the woman who played the part down here, very good, great vocalist, great actress, but like didn't have that like star it factor. And I think the show was hampered by that. Now, even if you literally you know, woke Whitney Houston up from the dead and put her in this show. She still, Uh no matter how good she is, could not overcome the kind of sloppily written book. But um, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. So I I went in thinking that I was going to be severely underwhelmed by the show on its, you know, pages. um, And I was Mm -hmm. not. So I, uh, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I... Love Whitney Houston. I love that movie. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think it's it's always it, unfortunately we're always going to compare somebody to Whitney Houston, which sucks. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault at all. It just it exists when you're um, the greatest actor singer to ever live. Anyways, um, I also <laughs> I also saw a show this weekend. I was up at a Gunquit Playhouse and I got to see Escaped Margaritaville. I didn't realize that they oh. were doing like full on shows right now. Oh wow! And they are like full on they have this huge outdoor tent it was incredible like i i was so shocked they put on like a full broadway show in this giant outdoor tent unfortunately i was there a night that um there was a torrential downpour in maine fair fair <laughs> and and part of the plot of escape to margaritaville is that there's like this impending storm and the storm oh. was already there so yeah really for that. yeah true true story which uh listeners might know because i've probably mentioned yeah. it before and you don't uh, i actually worked at margaritaville for one summer um oh. for nine months down here in orlando at city walk at universal um back in uh, six at seven no at seven 
um, so yeah, lots of lots of good memories about um, volcanoes erupting and mm-hmm. um, and and stuff like that. So lost shaker of salt, salt, fence to the salt, left, salt, salt. salt. Yeah. I'm glad that we both got to enjoy some theater, and uh, now we're going to talk about some theater news. So uh, today is the day that Matt. <laughs> Has to talk about the fact that and and I didn't I didn't have a chance to listen to it yet. But on Broadway Radio, you did kind of mention that we thought and you and I both were on the same page. We both had sources. Everybody, everybody was on the same page. So the new Satine has been named by Moulin Rouge, and it's none other than Natalie Mendoza. She appeared on the West. Hold on, hold on. None other than Natalie Mendoza. Who the hell is Natalie Mendoza? Well, for for the U.S. We're not as familiar, but I believe if we were a West End show, we we would have which we are famously not. (laughs) um, (laughs) We would have seen her in Miss Saigon. Here lies love. Briefly on Broadway, she played Arachne in the early previews of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. But she was she had to leave because of an injury. She got hit in the head. But and she had a concussion in like the first preview. She came back yeah. for a little bit and then she left after another injury and like another person was injured. She left. Yeah. I mean, right. welcome back to Broadway. I mean, geez. welcome back to Broadway. Um, You know, she is a Filipina Australian actress, which I've seen a ton of my Asian American, especially theater people tweeting about today that they're so excited to feel a little seen again, like as we kind of re-enter Broadway. She also appeared in the original Baz Luhrmann film of Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge as China Doll, which yeah. I was like, I don't love that character name, um, especially the fact that like. Yeah, she's Asian. Uh, she's well, but yeah, I mean, she's born in Hong Kong, but I'm I'm just like, you know, that that movie is I, I loved it at the time. Now I've learned deeply problematic and racist. Um, oh, yeah. I. I'm excited about this announcement, but it certainly differs from what we thought. Yeah, I had no less than four or five people tell me that, (laughs) including you, you were one of the four or five people who told me um, that Courtney Reed had been uh, had not only been offered, but accepted this job. She was like one of like five or six names that I'd heard was offered. And because producers right now are are trying to do things on the cheap, a lot of the other bigger name folks who had been offered, whether they were Broadway people or not, had turned it down. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know what this this is, uh, you know, what happened with Courtney. She was had already been announced to be doing that Disney princesses tour with first first with Laura Ostis and Susan Egan and then. In January 2022, Laura is going to leave for like four months, which mm-hmm. for a reason that uh, I, I don't know what it is at this point. Is I'm that sure to do Bonnie and Clyde in the West End? No, because th- that's just two nights. Oh, just like that's, two nights. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but that is in January. So that's obviously part mm-hmm. of it, but not until April. Um, so I don't know what that's all about. But, and then uh, Christy Altamar is going to replace her for that leg of the tour. Um, wow. So I don't know if it was a pr- scheduling or money or whatever. Um, but it does make sense for Natalie Mendoza to kind of come in here. Not only was she in the original film, so she has a long association not only with Moulin Rouge, but with Baz Luhrmann. But, mm-hmm. of course, she starred as Imelda Marcos in Here Lies Love in the West yeah. End, which is another show directed by Alex Timbers, who directed Moulin Rouge. So she not only has a connection with the source material, but also with the director. Um, so she is certainly... Um, one of the the most talented people that that you could get for this role. So she's very talented. Uh, she's not Courtney Reed. 
Which is the surprise to me. Uh, Yeah, she's definitely not a Broadway name. So that's why we're really surprised because we thought, okay, you know, you're you're replacing Karen Olivo, Tony, like Tony Winner, right? Yeah, Tony Tony Winner for West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. Like Karen Olivo is is such a big Broadway, especially name because they've got Aaron Tveit and her. It made sense. Um, This one is is absolutely out of left field, but I'm excited to see her if I can afford it. And I can't. going to take a moment uh, from the show to talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. So if you're carrying a huge credit balance from month to month, it feels like a never-ending cycle of hate and debt. So Upstart can help you make the final payment so that you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Yeah, Upstart knows that you are a human being made up of flesh and blood (laughs) with desires, hopes, passions, and goals in your life, and that you are not just a three, well, hopefully three digit, if it's two digits, that's really bad, but you are not just the three digit credit score that financial institutions assign to you. They are trying with their program to expand access to affordable credit. So unlike tons of other lenders, especially the banks, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. They look at income, current employment, and other things to find the perfect loan for you. And it only takes five minutes to go online, fill out some information, get a rate check, and you can get a loan from $1,000 to $50,000 in as little as one business day. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Broadway. You know that Matt and I love bringing you more Jordan Fisher news. Well, we've got it. One of (laughs) us does. Yeah, okay. One of us does, especially. So one of uh, my favorite, personally, uh, concert series is back in New York City. Darren Chris's Elsie Fest, Broadway's outdoor music festival, will be held on August 29th of this year at the 2021 BRIC Celebrate Brooklyn. The lineup for the festival will include... Jordan Fisher, Adrian Warren, which I know you and I are very excited mm-hmm. to see the bootleg videos of, uh, Barlow and Bear, that's Emily Bear and Abigail Barlow. Funny, Jordan Fisher was at Abigail's sister's wedding. Oh. <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. Good friends with those people. Okay. Uh, Darren Chris and Kristen Maldonado and the one and only Sir Alex Brightman. That's how he refers to himself. That's what I'm legally required to call him is Sir Alex Brightman. I mean, it's legally, I- I'm bound to call him Sir Alex Brightman. That's what's in his contract most of the time. Sure. Uh, two-time nominee Sir Alex Brightman. Tickets for Elsie Fest go on sale tonight, August so I've never really had strong feelings for or against Darren Chris. Not that I disliked him, but I wasn't a huge fan. But I and I didn't have anything against him. But I recently saw him on a television show, Grace, and you likely will not be surprised to know that it was on my favorite television network, HGTV. He did an episode of. I think it's called Celebrity IOU with the Property oh. Brothers. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, where he had his manager's um, like garage in L.A. like 
turned into a um, like an office and like an extra bedroom and like a, a a band thing and like redid his whole backyard with with landscaping. It was great. I love that show. I love anything on HGTV. Yeah, I know you do. Um, so to see Darren Chris do that and just how like there that's like his best friend and uh so yeah. i really really enjoyed that and uh check it out it's on discovery plus if you want to watch it that's not an ad but i will recommend getting discovery plus and getting the commercial free version and then watching uh beachfront bargain hunt renovation uh every uh every night when you go to bed so that's I'm my just realizing that the last time i was at elsie fest i was actually this is this sounds like a brag and it's not because i was kind of mad about it and here's why i was i'm not totally mad about it but i was backstage for it with uh, my friend ali because she was performing and then i was mad because alan cumming was performing this incredible sondheim medley that i kind of like had to peek through and watch from the sides and i don't know if i can like find or link a video to it but it's really good like his whole performance that night and um Anyways, I kind of wish I had been in the audience (laughs) more so than like behind the stage. Uh, But it was a really great night. And I just recommend if you're in New York City to watch it. But if not, wait on all the videos because they're always really epic. And I have to shout out for this moment that I returned to our Zoom link, which is how we record these right now. And Matt's username. That he's changed is Rongi McRongerson as his name because of the whole Satine situation. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So sorry that Matt had to legally change his equity name to Rongi <laughs> McRongerson. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta it. do it. Yeah. All right. So some more, uh, I guess, Broadway adjacent news. So Broadway in Chicago has announced the lineup for their season, including the pre-Broadway run of Garth Drabinsky's uh, Paradise Square for their pre-Broadway premiere November 2nd through December 5th, 2021 at the James M. Niederlander Theater, plus Oklahoma, Hairspray, Town, To Kill a Mockingbird, and Ain't Too Proud. So I will actually be in Chicago at the end of November, and I'm mm. going to try to see this this pre-Broadway run, to be frank with you. I'm going to bust my butt to try to go because uh, I'm very Ragtime curious. 2.0? Ragtime, the sequel? Yeah. Anytime somebody's like, okay, Civil War, but not. So make it <laughs> ragtime, like, okay. make it ragtime, but 50 years earlier. Okay. Well, yeah, That's- it's New York setting. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. Premiering in October on PBS, a documentary on Rita Moreno called Just a Girl Who Decided to Go For It. It's going to feature archival footage of hers, reenactments of her childhood, animation, interviews with her, then close friends of hers, performers that she influenced, like a whole slew of people. It's very exciting. And I just want to ask Matt, would Rita Moreno be the first person to win an Oscar in the same category for the remake of the same movie if nominated for West Side Story? Would she be the first? I'm going to put this on Twitter because I want to know. I mean, she'd have to be, right? I don't know. For the same category, but not the same role. Right, of course, because she's playing a character that has never existed before in West Side Story. Um, Mm -hmm. I would think she'd have to be. I mean, I can't imagine there's anybody else who's actually won two Oscars for two different versions of the same movie, let alone in the same category. Yeah. Let alone nominated. There's probably not even people been nominated. So I yeah, I I would assume she would have to be. This would be a legendary um, addition to her, you know, to her legacy if that that actually happened. So I'm rooting for it now. Hadn't thought about it, but I'm rooting for it now. 
Shout out film Twitter. I want to know. So in a wonderful NPR spotlight, Jeremy Goodwin highlights the future of black inclusion in Shakespearean productions. So in this little excerpt, UCLA's Arthur Little talks about like one way to make his canon more accessible is simply to make cast his as in Shakespeare, um, his cast and creative teams more diverse. You don't say. Uh, There's been a movement in the U.S. since the 1990s to cast more Black actors in Shakespeare, but the once popular trend of colorblind casting is giving way in many quarters to calls for color conscious casting. I love that little excerpt from the whole thing. I recommend listening to it. I recommend the the link that we're going to include in the show notes. Uh, But yeah, I think it's I never I never had to consider the fact that like, you know, who is it? Lawrence Olivier is like in Mm -hmm. blackface. For the the famous it, film in of Othello, um, yeah. in Othello, and I and I had to go like, wait a second. All of these iconic pieces are always like, you know, ma- mainly white dudes like helming uh, these big Shakespearean productions, and so I, I really appreciated Matt you sending that article to me because, um, yeah, yeah I, I was great. just like, well, that's uh, that's kind of the future of this, isn't it? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, we've got Andre DeShields yeah. doing Lear in mm-hmm. St. Louis. I think, you know, obviously John Douglas Thompson does a ton of, of Shakespeare stuff. He's actually um, the image of the article on, on NPR. And um, we've got the mm-hmm. upcoming Macbeth movie with uh, Denzel Washington. So this is definitely something that is was a cool look at how things have changed over the past couple decades um, for how we present Shakespeare uh, in the United States. So love that. Love more of it. Looking forward to uh, to seeing how this continues to develop and change. Yeah. And not this is I swear to you, it's not to plug my own stuff, but I did have a conversation with Anish Sheth on my uh, podcast. Tell me on a Sunday about like her inclusion as being like an Indian actress in, in Shakespearean pieces, always having to play like the maid and how weird it was like, you know, and so we just kind of go into it. Her experiences are are really thoughtful and and provoking. And um, anyways, I I just like that this conversation is being had across the board. So finally, in our recommendations, um, the She NYC Summer Theater Festival is going on right now. I was very sad because I was away at a gun quit. I couldn't go last week, but I'm going to go this week now through August 7th in New York City. Additionally, they will be streaming performances uh, throughout August of their shows. So check out a number of new plays that you might not have known about. You know, they're an incredible organization that that funds new female playwrights, um, non-binary folks. Like it's just, it's it's a great organization that I'm currently working with. But no, they'll be they'll be streaming their shows throughout the week. Like um, Matt, I hope that you're able to catch some. I know that you've been watching some really, really good virtual theater. I'm trying to understand it more, especially doing one later this year. Sure. Yeah. So, anyways, just just more theater for you to support. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. Don't forget about our Patreon. That's Broadway Radio, uh, patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me at BWW Matt. Thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow.